1: you've tuned in to columbia calling your first stop for everything you want to know about Colombia. how and where to invest where to visit from the pacific to the caribbean the andes mountains to the amazon jungle Colombia has a slice of everything Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Columbia.
2: Hello, and welcome everyone to an incredibly special episode of Columbia Calling. It is episode 472, which might not sound special, but it is the 10 year anniversary episode of this podcast. So this week, I am putting Richard in the chair and interviewing him. But first, your top stories for the week of June 5th, 2023. Spiralling scandal this week as President Gustavo Petro has dismissed two of his core team after they were implicated in illegal wiretapping amid press leaks, particularly to Semana magazine. Petro's two closest advisors over the last year, Laura Sarabia and Armando Benedetti, left the government on Friday as a result of labyrinthine allegations and leaks involving lie detector tests, thefts of large amounts of cash and illegal wiretapping of domestic staff. On Sunday, audios were released of Benedetti, a longtime political operator in Colombia, saying, we are all going to jail, we are all finished, though he now claims that the audios have been manipulated. This scandal has brought into question the financing of Petro's entire presidential campaign, which former presidential candidate and rival Federico Gutiérrez has announced he plans to report to Congress as illegal. Benedetti is also threatening to make public information he claims to have around criminal financing of the campaign. Meanwhile, Petro's other presidential rival, Rodolfo Hernández, has been disqualified from public office for 14 years after proven corruption in relation to a $100,000 rubbish removal contract known as the Vitalogic case. He had otherwise hoped to run for governor of his native department of Santander. After a false start last month, dialogue with armed groups and gangs in Medellin has begun. The groups have no political status, so will be entered into the total peace policy via subjugation to justice, rather than a peace deal as such. The talks will reportedly include around 20 representatives of criminal structures, a roundtable which will supposedly meet every 15 days, with rules and mechanisms still to be defined. The current Colombian head of Drummond Coal Mining Company, as well as his predecessor, will be tried for funding paramilitaries. José Miguel Linares and Augusto Jiménez will be charged with links to the AUC, the Autodefensas Unidas de Colombia. Drummond have said that the evidence is provided by a cartel of false witnesses and denies wrongdoing. The company is Colombia's largest producer of thermal coal. In other mining news, 60% of operations at Chinese Zijin Mining's Colombian gold mine have been halted due to more attacks on workers, allegedly carried out by illegal miners collaborating with an armed group, which is reportedly the Clan del Golfo. Meanwhile, Petro has been at the summit of Latin American presidents in Brazil, where Latin American integration and cooperation was on the agenda. Notably, Peruvian government of Dina Boluarte was barred from attendance. Subsequently, Colombia has also returned to UNASUR, the Union of South American Nations. Former President Iván Duque had ducked out in 2018 due to the body's links with left-wing politics and Venezuelan leadership. Also this week, just for subscribers, we've got an exclusive Q&A with journalist and consultant Matt Yuki about the Gilinski-HEA takeover bid. A story which has been all over the headlines over the last few weeks, but for now, those were your top stories. And back to the tenth anniversary Columbia Calling podcast. Um, it's Richard McCall. He needs no introduction, particularly not on this podcast. So I reckon we just dive in with firstly massive congratulations from me, and I'm sure a number of our listeners who I've seen on Twitter also giving congratulations. Um, this question is from a longtime listener and friend of the show. It sounds much cooler in his accent, so you'll have to forgive me. It's from Josh Collins, who says, how does it feel being so badass? Oh,
1: it's a nice way of starting, isn't it? And thank you for the kind <laughs> words. Um, uh, Ten years. Mm-hmm. I find it difficult to believe. Ten years. I don't really think I've stuck with anything apart from marriage for ten years um which i think should be applauded as well it's it's um, more
2: than a whole bunch of people stick with it so yeah. so
1: 10 years i mean that's yeah it's, it is it is kind of amazing and it was the 4th of june was the first episode oh, and so Incredible. i do feel quite badass but i don't feel that badass you know it's like yeah I'm i'm a guy with a microphone and a laptop <laughs> <laughs> hiding from my children <laughs>
2: I mean, 10 years of podcasting, particularly given the recentness of the medium itself, is a huge achievement. Uh, I mean, most people picked up a mic in the last two, three years, right? Um, You were well ahead of that curve. What made you do it? What made you what, pick up a mic in I the year of our I was, 2013?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was behind the curve in 2013. Interesting. Uh, because I was already listening to podcasts. I don't recall mm. which ones, uh, but I was already listening to some here and there, and and I, it's like ah, oh, you know, it's it's like listening to the radio on sort of time delay, which and I like I, I love <laughs> radio, <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> uh, mm. um, but oh, it, I just I've always felt like oh, but perhaps I'm a bit behind it, perhaps I'm the old guy doing it, um, and yeah, in the last two to three years, there has been a huge growth, um, mm. but so many fall by the wayside as well uh that's the truth um this is true uh why did i pick up a mic i was approached i was approached bizarrely like a guy obviously found me through articles or blogs and stuff when i used to do that stuff back in the day and said yeah i'd like to interview you about being in Colombia," and then and then said to me oh you know aren't you interested i was like I never thought I'd never thought about it. You know, I'd done mm. voice uh, and punditry and reporting on the radio and stuff. Uh, uh, once you're here long enough, people come to you. Um, but I'd never thought about it. I never thought about it at all, and not something that ever, you know, it's it's that's always someone else's. And I didn't. I only did like a, I, when I did my masters in journalism in uh, way back in the day, uh, around the time of two thousand. Um, one <laughs> that kind of time. Um I didn't didn't even focus very principally on on uh, broadcast at all. It was always the really um pretty people who wore good clothes who did that. I I I settled for writing and that's always been what I've loved. So uh Annette I can say now with two podcasts <laughs> yeah. I I thoroughly enjoy this medium very much
2: it's a great one and there's a real well i've always said about myself that i have a a face for radio and a voice for print but here we are on a podcast which we're also recording video for it's it's one of those you know careers are very very occasionally planned and mostly just happen to people don't they
1: i i find it very weird this whole thing about youtube because there was never any plan of mine to put it on YouTube. Mm. And yet it started coming round again and people started recording their podcasts for YouTube. And so I was like, well, we seem to have come round to, to, to again to people. I don't know. So I do it. The There's blogging. not a lot of traction yeah. there. There's not a lot of traction at all, but I do it because I guess we have to, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
2: You go, go where the audience is. And it's yeah. so fragmented these days that you kind of got to be everywhere. So right. Let's go back to 2013, to okay. the very first episode. How yeah. long had you been in Colombia at that point?
1: So I'd been here since two thousand and seven. So it was a seven year, pretty much. You know, if you count yeah. the full years, and actually, you know, you you we we sort of discussed this off offline, and it's it's worth mentioning around that time I was feeling, I don't know if I could say sort of disconsolate or something. I'd been doing lots of sort of very pro uh, columbia type thesis, not pro columbia as well, uh, but lots of travel stuff. I'd written the Michelin Guide to Colombia and other things and mm. was contracted for Brat. And it was had been a, pres, uh, a promise to my father not to do anything political because he'd been here in the 70s and you know lived in Brazil mm. in the 50s, 60s. And I mean, the man had too many stories. He'd been held up by Samosa in Nicaragua. And you know, I mean, all of these sorts of things. And he was just like, and his his famous quote to me was, if you want to end up headless in a ditch, write about politics in Colombia. So I I kind of promised him that I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he passed away and I moved into politics, but no, I, um, I kind of felt around that time that I'd done enough, uh, sort of talking and even just right, even writing about off the beaten track places and, and, and beyond, I was tired and and I didn't want to write sort of, again, more pithy observations about real estate <laughs> and things <laughs> like that and so much was going on in the country that i felt uh, it, it was it was leaving i mean more a bad taste in my mouth um mm. i think it's the the most know, pleasant way of putting it i was getting upset with what was happening politically and and socially, and I just thought this is a this is the change point where I can no longer just be on this sort of just, just, you know be a friendly journalist doing this. I need to, I need to write the good and the bad, and mm. need to study more. And it was right around that time, or actually it was a couple of months before, I got on the sort of postgraduate diploma for conflict resolution here in Bogota, and uh, that. Right opened my eyes and formalized a lot of my knowledge on the conflict. And this is prior to 2016, obviously, and the peace accords, but it actually primed me perfectly for the peace accords because we knew amongst us that there were were explorative talks going on. And so studying Mm -hmm. this at the same time, as well as going through what I hope is not a midlife crisis, but some sort of crisis, (laughs) really it, it kind of put it into it kind of put it all into context for me. So episode Mm. one came around about that time. It was with Kevin Howlett, who is a Columbia politics expert. Uh, He has a website. I believe it's still up. He's now back in London, but it's called Columbia politics. We were good friends. And I guess I think we were both a bit green around the gills. And uh, a single malt was on the table in my sitting Mm. room. And I lived in Lourdes, so a bit further south from where I am now and we just sort of bombed through it and what is so interesting about it because you can tell that neither of us are you know practiced we talk fast and we try to fit too much in and that's Mm -hmm. uh, I've not re-listened to it because it would just upset me (laughs) but but
2: (laughs) I can relate to that um that leads I think interestingly into Javier Alvarez sent us in a question saying what was your intention 10 years ago did you have Did you have an intention as such? Was there a a long-term plan to creating the podcast?
1: Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. There was no intention to it. I just, I found, I thought, you know, this will be a nice sideline and maybe it will lead into other things. It's mm. taken ten years to lead into other things. No, that's a lie. It took ten years to lead into the other podcast uh, I'm doing now, L- Latin News Podcast. But um, it did plug me into other things. But I never really had any intention. I just quite enjoyed it at the beginning. Again, it was very much uh, you know aimed at the expatriate crowd or the immigrant right. crowd, or let's say the short-term immigrant crowd, because it was still in that era of again blogging and. Before vlogging, I think it is, but it was still in that mm. era. So I didn't really know where I was going. And it took me a while to find my feet. And and this is where I sing your praises, Emily. I know you've been, you've been in a few years now. But I was finding my feet well. You know, it took a long time. But then when you came in after Adrian for the news, it has given us a real direction. And I feel very flattered. And also, uh, I feel kind of just... So proud to have you here on board. Aww, that's the truth. That's, it's really given that's it. That's
2: really kind. <laughs> it's
1: given a great deal of uh, of gravitas to it, and and it's made it a bit more formal. And we get messages uh, uh are people saying the reason I'm subscribing, you know, on Patreon, etc., is Emily Hart, and so that you know that it's it's put us into a different level. So flattering,
2: yeah. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, the platform. And the reach that you had built by that point is what makes all of this sustainable. And that's what a lot of people never reach with podcasts as you say so many fall by the wayside and anyone who was listening to those first <laughs> new first newscasts i would like to issue a formal apology too because they occasionally come up you know on a mac when you like accidentally press play and it yeah. brings up itunes which you've obviously never used because we all use spotify <laughs> and it will play me at full volume often through my speaker some of my early newscasts and they're just i sound like a machine gun Um, And I was very grateful to Adrian for handing them over, but I was speaking at 100 miles an hour, so... But Thank you, Richard, do. for sticking with me, and also for
1: listeners. But we all do. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you try mm. and fit it in, and then you realize, you know, I I can still do this for five, six minutes and chat. It's radio, and it's this long format. Yes. You know, it's forty-five odd minutes, even longer. Mm. But uh, that's what we forget. We don't need to rush these things. And and then yeah, as, as soon true. as we realize this, it becomes so much nicer. And what I love about the podcast is that most listeners feel that they're sitting here with us yeah yes. uh, and yeah. i say this it's all the a very time.
2: intimate format uh
1: and, and that's fun and they feel like they know us which is which is good too um and and mm. it, it, that's created i think this community uh out here and stuff so yeah. it, it has been a, a ride and oh, again i don't feel badass but it has been a ride
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think 10 years is that's a that's a category entry definitely and i'm not going to okay. say the word again because i just hate the sound of it coming out of my mouth, but the word that Josh used, I think it does apply.
1: Yeah, I don't really like it either very much, but it's, Josh put it, well, it, it out there. It just like,
2: works for Americans, doesn't it? We just can't do it. We can't do gonna it. Do an an I'm, either, either. So, yeah, I'm not going to do an
1: accent
2: either. No, I, al- I almost, when I saw the question, out of shame of having to say the word, asked him to send it an audio, and I thought, no, I'm going to pause up and no, just say this it. word out loud. <laughs> it's
1: all right. Well, thank you for Josh for that one. And thank you for Javier as well, who's, who, again, is a, a long-term fan.
2: Mm. and do you do you have i mean i suppose that's a good question about the first episode do you know who listened to it did you get messages do you know what the numbers were
1: there were 200 downloads in the first month that's pretty uh, good which is okay you know from, from from nothing uh and i spoke to some people about that and they went you know you should be you should be happy with that don't expect yeah. to launch out of nothing and again it's niche market english about colombia so 250 mm. in the first month i was told i was again in an american accent i was crushing it <laughs> <laughs> so there you go i do remember that very well because it was it, it was totally new to me how to how to mm. measure these things it's not not like you can see the likes or the clicks or anything
2: yeah absolutely and the tech what did that look like back in those days well, I didn't have this quite,
1: microphone. Or, I was going to say or you're the, quite
2: professionally mic'd up these days. And
1: the and the pop shield. Mm. Um, and I've got a mixer down here, a small one, but this, so it was nothing. It was a Rode, a Rode, uh, I've got it somewhere around here somewhere, but a Rode uh, podcast microphone. And that was it. And I know I have problems with sound. There are periods where there's problems with sound still. But I think that's a general problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's
2: been a real awakening for me as well. It's unbelievably technical.
1: But it's like you said, like we said in a conversation, you know, there are degrees in this. <laughs> we don't have them.
2: No. And also, like you say, you know, I think particularly what what we do is slightly more casual and more intimate. It's scared. Yeah, it's I mean, if you don't hear the Hare Krishna temple opposite me today. That will be a surprise to me, and the traffic outside my flat is a, a constant backdrop. So,
1: I'm I'm a block from the Septima. At some point, there'll be the <laughs> you know the huge air horn of a bus uh, or a crash, uh, and I kind of want the Harry Christians to come past. And you know back what? Your- it's
2: it's called Columbia calling, not Zurich calling. Yeah, you exactly. know the clues in the name. There will be some good background noise, and
1: also that's it. I mean, Columbia noisy. You know, it's gets good noise and it's there, bad yeah. noise, but it's noisy. It's you know, it's a reality. I don't know if it's, well, it could be all of Latin America really, but I think I feel obviously living here, and the Colombia is noisier than most.
2: There's <laughs> certainly a very different cultural attitude to sound <laughs> and its place. On either side of the Hare Krishna Temple, <laughs> opposite which I live, there are two bars. Um, one of which on Friday night at midnight, which was during um attention migraine i was enjoying brought out an entire drum kit and they were playing a full drum kit in the street along to the music and even through my migraine i just felt an intense sense of joy (laughs) like that's amazing a full drum kit i don't know where they got it they
1: knew you had a migraine i mean that's it
2: they did and they Uh, thought this will cheer her up yeah and weirdly (laughs) through (laughs) the intense pain in between my eyes it sort of did it but sort of did <laughs>
1: you see you see that i think that's it it's where my friends had ended up complaining i think to the police about a party being held in a building where they were but i mean it was out of control and and the costaniello said the costa- said well why didn't you sleep through it well you, well, you
2: can't
1: <laughs> so so you've just got to embrace some it some of
2: us can't and some people really can mm-hmm. and if i yeah. you know if i learn anything while i'm here i hope it's that
1: just an ability
2: to be unconscious the drum kit was slightly slightly messing with me and i did envy the ability but um
1: but it is is, it's a it's an amazing thing
2: (laughs) and you know people were dancing in the streets why not and not in a like you know fantastical song from the 1960s way in Uh, a it's a friday night way just that's a thing people do
1: but you're you're downtown medellin aren't you you're you're I i live
2: in Central candelaria prado area cool, cool. so it's hardly a surprise um when you hear the background noise although i did come to bogotá and it was the loudest recording I'd ever done. I had a number of comments saying, <laughs> was it raining so hard that it made you laugh? Because at minute two, you still sort of, you sound like you're laughing at the rain. <laughs> and they were bang on. And oh, I thought yeah. I'd covered it. And I obviously you haven't. You can't.
1: But, you can't. It picks up at everything. The mics pick up yeah. at everything. It's like, I'm sure yeah. you can see it's, it's, it's someone's doing the dishes back there, it, I can hear the clanking going on. So it's yeah. incredible.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, modern mics for some reason are built to pick it all up. So Ooh. I guess... To listeners, right. you're well. You're welcome. Welcome to Columbia. You get a little taste of, you know, our environment as we record
1: the true ambiance. The ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call it. That's, that's
2: exactly right. it. That's exactly it. So oh. after the first one, you had a big response. I mean, two hundred listeners mm. for a first podcast is a that's a big response. um how did you decide what next or whether to do it weekly or monthly how did the structure come about
1: well i fi- I, I you know i figured month I, weekly was going to be the thing because it, the only way of building and growing has been consistency and you know making that day the day that it comes out making this this right. the format and so on and i basically leaned on people i knew and acquaintances for the first few weeks it's like because i've got no history uh really in the in the in the in the media i've got no i've got lots of uh lots of acquaintances and friends but at the same time i want to be able to move out there into more serious uh episodes and issues and yet you know with one two five six episodes you're still not you know, i i didn't feel i was there to be able to ask people with, uh, maybe people from more academic backgrounds and so on. So it was again about building up a bit more. And, and and I was looking at some of the episodes, um, you know, they're not good. <laughs> they're very, they're very bloggy <laughs> style ones. And, but again, it was about getting more under my belt. Um, mm. uh, and yes, I was looking at you cause you, yeah I can see you know when I'm looking at the sort of 200 episodes 200s 300s and 400s it's we really get going and people mm. have approached us to do yeah. podcasts which is it's very flattering indeed um and and different stories but stories that are so interesting whereas in the first let's say the first half it's you I was still th- sort of thrashing around looking for the right vein and the right tone
2: Mm. it's just it's sort of settling in yeah. We're trying on coats got a friend Takes who always talks time. about trying on coats <laughs> until you find the one that fits and you can sort of shrug them off quite easily if it doesn't fit mm. it's a great like a really heavy winter coat you can sort of shrug it off and grab yeah. a new one without too much difficulty yeah. which you know
0: i don't know if you dark. ever thought
2: about doing something super yeah, f- yeah super super formal but the the tone has really has been quite a constant yeah it, you know it's, it's it's very personal to you, I think, the tone. Yeah,
1: and and I think I, I like it. I, I, thank you for that. I, I don't want it to be as formal as, you know, <laughs> Newsnight. Um, we do address, yeah. obviously, important issues, but I think there's mm-hmm. a way of being able to make it accessible from a conversation a lot of people say you know you're really upbeat and so on but i'm not always (laughs) that's the truth on certain (laughs) issues it's
2: very difficult to be upbeat about (laughs) exactly
1: exactly (laughs) so but it is personal like you say it's personal
2: yeah but i think that's that's the nice thing about it certainly since i've been working on it or even been sort of involved in columbia stuff because Mm. when you started i would have been able to roughly point Colombia out on a map, but that would have about been the extent like, of twenty thirteen. You're aging. Sorry, me, no, me. <laughs> not aging. You just I, I was talking to a friend who called you in a flattering way, the OG Gringo in Colombia, which I'm I think, not.
1: There <laughs> I are know, OGs.
2: There are oh, I mean, Adrian pre- predates you by some time.
1: Not well. He started. He started columbia Reports just a little bit before uh, Colombia calling. Bit before interesting, we, uh, we were around. I think we arrived in Colombia around the same time, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Adrian, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to compare myself to Adrian. he, the, he likes to be called the Enfant Terrible, um, but he's he's you know a friend and also very peculiar. <laughs> he's a,
2: a wonderfully unique person, <laughs> and I, I think our our news styles are have been slightly different, probably. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that was a big.
1: Well, you can transition. hear him smoking in them i mean that's the point one of the things and it, and then and then something you know and i don't edit or anything and you, you hear him smoking and then you hear and it's going to be a total bloodbath, you know <laughs> and you're like that's not news reporting <laughs> i
2: mean it's it is in adrian's style of news reporting yes. i I would uh, venture
1: (laughs) i I expect a total meltdown in the democratic you know you're like oh boy where's he going with this one
2: (laughs) i actually i actually thought of asking him to do the news this week (laughs) because because i thought people might be tired of you know me doing the news and they're not tired of more and more more news um very different very different tone (laughs) but um so in those early ones was there was there a range of formality did you play with tone a bit is there one where you are being jeremy paxman
1: no not okay i, I when i think about some of the early ones that i enjoyed and maybe changing mm-hmm. a bit i don't know i'm not i'm not i don't paxman it at all but with one where a girl a lady claire Austin, uh from essex and she now lives in spain but she moved over pregnant with her colombian uh boyfriend now husband and she was in a hospital, not a private hospital, a public hospital in a barrier where gringos don't live. That's where mm. her, her husband's from. And she she's in the stirrups about to give birth. And her Spanish is not very good at this stage. Uh, and this is one one of them that you know I, I I sort of got halfway through listening to her tale and I was like I really enjoy this because it's it's storytelling yeah, and yeah. and she's there she's describing it all and she says you know the and the and the gynecologist who's delivering the baby uh, her, her son who's who was fine and everything else and um, didn't speak English but tried to comfort her by you know repeating over and over again the few words in English that he knew. Mm. There were two of them, and and I've not forgotten this, and that's all way back in the day, so that's some testament to it. One was mouse, and the other one was chocolate. And those were the two words he was using to comfort her as she was in labor.
2: (laughs) And obvious question, did it work? Yes. Are those effective words for comforting?
1: (laughs) Well you know, he was <laughs> the, the, the boy was born well, and she got through it well and i just thought I thought it was so endearing at the same yes, time, and I thought amazing. this is a way of easing out people 's kind of memorable and amazing stories and then again colombia was the lens for this because it could have been in many many places i think you know in this the sort of again mm. fish out of water type thing but to have someone share that and that's intensely personal <laughs> it's a, it's I can't quite think
2: anything more personal than birth no. yeah,
1: a vivid image <laughs> so, and he's going accent. he's going mouse <laughs> chocolate <laughs> so i thought that was great and then and then a kind of serious one popped up and it was with a guy called Tom Hart Dyke, who you may have heard of, who is an orchid uh, specialist now. And he's one of the, the, the sort of the, 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 pair. The other guy was, I can't remember his last name now, Tom Hart Dyke and the other guy, they were the ones kidnapped in the late nineties. Yeah. I think it was the late nineties oh. by the ELN from the loss, mm. from the lost city and they were held for a long time actually no it might not have been the ELN, it might have been the FARC, because they went off looking for orchids and he was kidnapped for a long time and actually they you know the, the family thought they they were dead and i was put in contact again by someone through like the women's institute in kent where he lives and it was just a bizarre convoluted Incredible. way in fact it was i know is um Vicky Kellaway's contact, Vicky Kellaway, a long time uh, immigrant to Colombia as well. And she was one of the first episodes when she was a blogger and she had that page called Banana Skin Flip Flops. Um, mm. And so, yeah, and she put me in touch. And it was it, it was funny, but there was a serious element to it. And mm. Tom had recently been invited back by the Colombian ambassador to Colombia to talk at the um, uh, the Hay Festival in Cartagena. And of course, yeah. and he was far more mature this time around. You know, it's like, I wouldn't mm. do that again type thing. And so, you know, we laughed about it. We laughed about him setting up like a cricket pitch in the jungle to try and keep himself sane. Don't <laughs> know that it would help me. But, uh, and, uh, you know, the the way that they would, but when they talked about the, their treatment, and of course they wrote a book about it and it was like called uh, the something, the cloud forest or something. Um, I've got it somewhere in one of my shelves. Um, but yeah that that kind of picked up on the serious nature of things but it was only touching on it uh but there was a huge response so mm. so people i you could see what people were looking for a bit
2: Yeah it's it's amazing the variety of episodes we still do
1: <laughs> yeah and the
2: enthusiasm <laughs> that they each get in their own way
1: It's it's weird isn't it what picks up uh yeah. yeah more listeners and things that and i think my, my, maybe i'd I take the reins here for a second it's, there are things that that appeal to me because i feel like i'm doing some sort of social i don't know maybe highlighting something that there have been a mm. number of adoptees from columbia who've been on and i always feel that this is very personal maybe they're not the most interesting but they go to the right people you know maybe maybe they get less listens but then i get other adoptees. Writing in, so that that's yeah. of an interesting thing. And then the other ones that I've enjoyed, maybe not being so popular, but you one is able to accompany them a, along their growth as well. We did an episode. I did an episode with the one of the creators of the Feria del millon before they launched. You know, oh, wow. now how big is that? And yeah. so just a sort of think he's like, you know, again, I was able to do this before they were famous. And, mm. uh, uh, and and I was thinking of that, and thinking of others who've who've gone in in that kind of way is like, you know, think of uh, Sergio Guzman. You know, he was in infancy with just a website when we first taught, and now look wow. at him. I, I like I love that with Columbia Risk Analysis. I love seeing that growth. And then there was friends of mine who started an agency called Boga Travel, and it was about uh, kayaking up the Magdalena River. They've now morphed into what's called awake traveler perhaps the best ecotourism uh travel agency and you know Colombian travel agency around. And to see Amazing. so you see that, and then again, who's on next week is is, is Brian Murphy O'Neill, lives here in Colombia, lived in Cali for a long time, has well, continues to live in Cali. And in 2016, they started La Leyenda, the mountain bike race, which is now you know, they've Each. got they've got a branch in in the Dominican Republic. So watching that kind of growth, it's, it's yeah. that's what makes things exciting.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So when you go well on to greater responds. things, I'll say, oh yeah, you know, Reason I knew Emily is. when, I, I knew yeah. Emily when she had to, she had, she had Krishnas.
2: <laughs> I hope to have Krishnas for a very long time. And honestly, you know, great things in journalism looks like you're still sat on your ass in your flat doing doing looking at a laptop aren't you it's well, of we do things. try and
1: read the whole internet
2: yes reading the whole internet <laughs> is is a very tiring business and unfortunately has to be done yeah sat in your flat mostly
0: yeah um
2: it's, it's not true. exactly the most glamorous lifestyle um, it isn't. no but you know there are there are definite upsides and in our particular line of podcasting work you have an excuse to email mm people you think are really interesting and ask them it, to talk to you which is just a crazy thing to be doing and calling it a job
1: yeah but it's you amazing. know what's so cool I was like so because it is a columbia podcast we do hit mm. the right market for those things as well i mean you know it, I get, it may not get the hundreds of thousands the millions the joe rogans but it goes directly to the right market
2: yeah, and I know which of these two podcasts I'd rather be working on, this one <laughs> well, or Joe Rogan's, if I'm honest, for reasons I don't think I need to explain. But uh... <laughs>
1: I've never listened to it, I'm afraid, I, the other
2: one. Yeah, there. I mean, there are things that can be considered toxic waste in cultural terms. And I'm bound to offend one of the Joe bros who, for whatever reason, has also found themselves listening to this podcast. And to that person, I do not apologize. Are so.
1: called Joe bros?
2: I've just come up with it. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. I quite like it.
1: What do you think, do you think our <laughs> listeners are called?
2: Now that is a question I would like <laughs> to put to them. I will put it on the subscriber group and the Facebook yeah. group today. Yeah, would you like it. to come up with a collective name? Because I'm that... thinking, as I'm sure everyone else is, about Succession this week ah. and the conheads being probably the worst <laughs> collective noun for any group of followers <laughs> of all time. Um, so if one of our listeners could come up with something better than that, much
1: appreciated yeah can we not be the coal heads in there please, the coal- not. <laughs> please not please not and not it's a bit close heads. to my surname as well so please not. yes well for that reason
2: maybe more of it don't no, know we'll no, we'll have a think
1: heads. <laughs> succession oh yeah that's right. we, we there, been oh yeah i i miss it already
2: <laughs> yeah i i missed it Honestly, I was. I started panicking on Sunday morning. What am <laughs> I going to do now? How is my week emotionally structured nothing, without this show?
1: Nothing um, makes up the space.
2: But, you know, it's something everybody madly relates to. Everybody says, gosh, isn't it just like the British media? And if you're in Colombia, <laughs> you're thinking, it's you know, Columbia. yeah, the overlap between politics and media here, the big families who run things here. We don't know that much about what goes on behind the scenes, but I'm willing to bet you could make us a pretty good succession version about you, certain families. I may not feel like naming at this particular. Oh, I'll moment. name
1: them if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd like to say the Galimskys, the Santo Mingos. the Artiles. I want to see the
2: Charles. I want succession <laughs> with the Charles. That's where I'm at.
1: But see, I think that will come out more like the Jersey Shore, or um, you know, like <laughs> real Real Housewives of I don't know Tucson, uh, or Vanderpump
2: something. Rules, or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I watch Gosh. it. God
1: i would watch it. i would watch it (laughs) (laughs) well we could suggest it but then they want a huge cut because that's their way
2: yeah or you just don't i mean they didn't name the murdochs for succession did they so i haven't had a penny that's true um so if anyone has jesse armstrong's number let me know and i'll pitch him
1: (laughs) very good let's (laughs) move on from
0: succession
2: yeah well (laughs) we we should um so interesting one from juan pablo plata a listener who says, what's the agenda? Why do you do this podcast?
1: There is no agenda. Total no agenda. personal interest. If I'm really not interested in a subject, I will not look, you know, look for it. It's entirely subjective on that. If you're pitching something that I think is boring, you know, I know things that are boring to me may not be boring to other people, but there are some things that come in that are not interesting uh, or too. Uh, distant from Colombia. And so mm. uh, no agenda at all. And although I have a couple of trolls on the Facebook page. Uh, I'm not knowing anyone who knows me or knows the Facebook page for Columbia Calling will know who they are. Uh, they would say that my agenda is, is, you know, an entirely socialist, leftist. Uh, Well, I was wished once to, I hope, some, one of them said, I hope you rot in a socialist, communist hell. So I'm kind of curious what that is Gosh. to start with uh, yeah. and
2: how Intriguing I image. came
1: across as socialist and communist at the same time.
2: Yes. I mean, I've <laughs> certainly been accused of being on both ends of the political spectrum um, <laughs> from my work on this podcast and also the the money agenda. I was working on a piece that I, I lost money on by going to the Amazon to watch a, a manatee <gasps> get released. This and one Someone recently. said to me, oh, so, yeah, yeah, it came out uh, Sunday Times yeah. a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and I, someone turned to me in the middle of this reporting trip where I'm getting Ethan alive on a small boat in a pair of Zara trousers because I'd had one day to prepare for the trip and I do not own outdoors wear, <laughs> and said, so this piece will pay, you know, for your rent for the whole year, right? And I was just like, sort of s- stunned.
0: <laughs>
2: not, you know, the whole... This won't pay my rent for the one month babe. Mm. Like there's no but Was that another
1: journal
2: asking? No, no, this was somebody okay. on a slightly media hostile uh, NGO team. Uh... Um, but it's it's an interesting one. The the various misconceptions people have about what we do and why we do it and mm. you know what the what the payoff is but also, you know, what the inherent politics of what we do is. If you really I... listen to most of the shows, they're so neutral. They're about yeah. stories and people.
1: Yeah, it, it's a human, I hope it's a human interest one. But then, you know, I can say that I am particularly proud of the sort of series that went on about protests in Colombia when we did in 2019 and 2021. Mm. I am proud of those because I think that they kind of filled a void in terms of actually a bit more uh, in-depth reporting. And, and I do need so to mention agreeing. it because it's still the most listened to to this day is 375 Six. with Sergio Guzman protests in Colombia. And it's, and it's just to explain, uh, mm. and that it still picks up several downloads a day. And, wow. and that that, you know, that's from 2019. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, we were able to get Elizabeth Dickinson on from Crisis Group. I and mean, then she's obviously, you know, a, a real Fantastic. unrivaled yeah. knowledge in Colombian. That was three seven seven. She we titled it the politics, uh, well no, the public's exasperation with the Colombian political class. And yes, of course that's political, but it's it was going on. You It know, really was going on. It was a, it wasn't even a daily event. It was an hourly event that was going on with these protests. So I was particularly proud of being able to report those in a little bit of a, a deeper sort of uh, vein.
2: Yeah, and reflecting very much a, a moment and a zeitgeist and something that was being expressed from Colombian people. Yeah, you know, I don't think either of us are here to push a, a personal take on Colombia. I think no, I, you know we we tend to respect the opinions of who we're talking to. That's why we have them on.
1: I'm. I'm very aware I'm a guest here. I'm very aware. I live here. I'm a resident. I have children, wife, et cetera, businesses, but I'm very aware I am a guest here. I am an immigrant mm. to Colombia. So I, this yeah, is what yeah, I said. So um, yeah, so I was proud of those pieces and so on. So I had no agenda, Juan Pablo.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, me, me neither.
1: Although,
2: <laughs> you know, of course one's personality comes through in what one does, but, you know, yeah. in terms of uh an intention or an you know a desire for a particular outcome aside from being interesting entertaining (laughs) listeners i don't think there is one
1: not really i i I do i mean obviously love emails um, but i love uh you know um you know nice ones (laughs) rather than Mm. wishing me wishing that i rot in a socialist uh communist hell is what would socialist communist
2: hell look like it's just did, an extraordinary image.
1: It did make me laugh, though. It still makes me laugh. And I've I've taken a screenshot, so I have it.
2: Yes. Actually, a friend of mine who works in wellness, I feel like I might have said this before on the show, actually, said that, you know, we all suffer from imposter syndrome. So everything nice someone writes about, you just screenshot it and put it in a little file. And then you should go and look at it every time you feel bad about yourself. Nice. Which I do. But I also do the same with trolls. Um, I have a little file full of mean, <laughs> mean and silly things that people have said to me. Yeah, not least because they give me a good laugh. Yeah,
1: do, what do you and call I the file? My I call, mine is boringly called trolls.
2: Oh, I think mine's called humans. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know why I've done that. I think it was a sort of like imagining myself to be a much wiser version sort of sighing amiably and saying something like no nah, humans
1: humans <laughs> yeah I
2: just, humans uh, you know I think you're
1: far more creative than I then in that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was probably also so I couldn't in bad moments just search the word trolls and find all of these comments on my computer it's sure. to to mediate the way in which I come across these comments I can't maybe think of the
1: other ones I um, have to look through my file again
2: I mean they're fun aren't they it's fun um I've had a couple that maybe were less fun, but most of them are fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you know, but there's some of them that are actually genuinely, you know, pierce the heart. But then we are journalists, and yes, we you open do yourself have up to it. A... Pretty thick skins. How many rejections one has received <laughs> over the years? It's uh, mm. it's mm. impressive.
2: <laughs> it is. It is. um Luckily, though, on the show. I mean, certainly from subscribers, you know, the the communications I have over WhatsApp with people who get the news directly from me. Mm. It's an incredible community of community. lovely people, some of whom I speak to quite regularly yep. through the WhatsApp and, you know, the yep. Telegram and all of that. Um, <laughs> how, many, how many do you know in person is my question? So I feel like I've developed some sort of parasocial relationships with people I've never met through this show. How many How many of the kind of super fans and, and friends of the oh. podcast are you personally familiar with?
1: Well, I've met a, a number, of course, and especially the journalists who I have on. Um mm. met all of them, and of those who have been done, obviously, the interviews in person. Uh, but there are those who you feel like you already know and have never met. And I have got – there is an email in my inbox waiting there Someone wanting a Colombian, wanting a coffee, and so um, I will. At some, I will answer that email before long. I'm. I do go out. You know, I do. Uh, I. I actually. Uh, i quite friendly. <laughs> I'm quite friendly. You know, if you want to come have a coffee somewhere, I'm more than happy to do so. Uh, so long as it's yeah. not, you know doesn't interrupt with when I'm picking up children. That's usually like, I mean, the only <laughs> thing I really have to do. Um, that said, I was able, and it, and I, you know, again there's a little bit of self-promotion there when i was able to get wade davis on the one river uh Mm. at three four six and then you know re-aired it this year that was a huge deal and i didn't know him at all it was out of nowhere and there was a favor there from someone else who who sort of paid it back and then i met him at a bizarre fundacion gaia um so for Mm. the amazon uh mm. i was invited to this event so simon mejia was djing it who i've still not met from bombay stereo and he stayed in my house twice in mompos and he was just up there filming and he invited me to to this event and wade davis was there and i was able to go you know actually corner wow. him and say listen wade you were on the columbia calling and he and, you know, i'm the guy from mompos and he went hey that was a good that was a good podcast <laughs> so it was actually really nice and now we do have a back and forth on email oh, nice. every night so that's so that's quite cool that one but again mm. if we say about some uh, episodes that i feel would be more in you know would receive more interest than others i thought the ones with simon Mejia from bombay stereo would be huge and yet they were very very average you know the one of the founders of stereo, you know, that, that to me yeah. sounded like I was not only, well, you know, I had some street cred, but also um, tapping into sort of popular culture, which is not something that's my really my scene. <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> yeah, it is, I think, incredibly unpredictable. And something that's true of digital media more widely and something newspapers are still grappling, magazines are still grappling with this, right. is that we don't really know what people are going to like until we put it out there. Mm. I find it sort of encouraging, the yeah. sort of completely mystifying, unpredictable nature of of the whole thing. You know, mm. what catches on, what goes viral, what, you know, just ends up in the abyss for reasons yeah. that feel utterly unfair.
1: There is an or abyss. Impenetrable. There is an abyss, definitely. There is um, an abyss. Uh, but, but equally so. And uh, what we notice now, though, obviously into June and then July, because it's the summer holidays and, of course, the weather's improving, podcast listens go down. Uh, and it's a Do year thing. yeah it goes down and it's so,
2: interesting but, yeah what Which people are of? lying in a park listening to a podcast
1: well maybe they just listen to no. dan morrison you know <laughs> and right maybe music takes over in the summer <laughs> yeah, maybe. that's interesting but, yeah. but you always see and i'm starting to see the drop off again and it's not because we're doing less interesting podcasts no
0: i'm sure <laughs> so uh
1: but you do see yeah. it, and it's really it's i i you know again and i did actually talk to adrian about this and he goes oh yeah no my my uh my sort of viewer rate drops off massively june july oh,
2: interesting it's what in the UK media they call silly season.
1: Silly season, so you can get all the uh, Pablo Escobar um, hippo stories out.
2: There is a scene. I had to do it. I had to do of, it. Of the hippo stories. <laughs> I'm sure everybody one. listening already knows how we both feel about those. Yes, they've been moved to a zoo in Mexico. Some of them. That was the last I heard. Um, and I say I heard scrolled at speed past oh, yeah. on twitter would be more the accurate representation of how that intake of information happened yeah. if i could delete it from my brain i would but here we are i'm yeah, saying it's... it out loud
1: and i apologize okay. but i had to bring it up anyway it feels it feels <laughs> like i've accompanied the hippos as well along I, these I just,
2: i need i need a different historical that's... crime figure with a different animal that's all i need if oh, we right. could you know did otaniel not have a chinchilla like there's got to be another one <laughs> we Make have
0: gloves out of it also.
2: yeah yeah Otoniel's chinchillas i don't know let's have something something new um if we can um so in terms of this progress through this decade and there've been lots of interrupting moments in this yeah. decade right there've been the peace deals there've been various changes in president but the pandemic is worth mentioning because mm. it must have changed for you how this all worked
1: the pandemic obviously was a a, you know a complete and utter tragedy and my businesses you know went to zero but we had Mm. our health we all got COVID. but the podcast kept me sane and i'm not going to lie about it the routine and i entirely selfish reasons i kept going because i needed that weekly yeah uh, and what was the most flattering thing is it wasn't just me i got Mm -hmm. you know uh, donations from people americans who were teaching at now you know international schools nearby who listened to it and it was their I kind of contact with a bit of reality and you know I, it, one week so some people just sent in 300 dollars to say thank you you have kept wow. again a routine to our this period of being of quarantine and so on you know it was like oh, it's it's tuesday morning we know the podcast is coming out and so yeah. again while it was in, entirely from my perspective sort of uh there was a catharsis to it but at the same time it was it was uh you know selfish but to then receive and a couple a couple sort of stopped me in the street. Are you, are you the, you know, the Richard from the podcast? I it yes? I'm like, wow, thank you. And I'm like, you know, I never really thought I was doing a public service, uh, but, uh, but the, you know, COVID obviously was hard. And I think mm. we all needed just to try and keep some sort of routines during that period as well. Right.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And it, you know, as much as COVID was a break in routine, of course, I was already working 100% remote and 100% by myself most of the time yeah. before that. And Columbia Calling has absolutely given me a routine long after the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And a lot of my weeks look very wishy-washy um, <laughs> and sort of slabby and structureless.
0: Sort
2: of, <laughs> sort of a body without a skeleton some of the time. Um, and doing the Monday News keeps me sane as well.
1: I've had a good expression today on another podcast. You little bo- you're, You've got a body like memory foam. like a memory foam mattress
2: (laughs) with even less structure than that some of my weeks have even less like you could put your hand in it and it would be gone before you took it away that's that's what some of my weeks look like um but that is that is very much freelance life Uh, yeah um do you have any any moments where you really thought no i hate this i'm sacking it off i don't want to do this anymore
1: yeah you know when sometimes when it's it, it becomes difficult or people flake out on you uh you know it's like god you know and then suddenly sometimes you're, like, you're looking at the calendar who am i going to interview and maybe i've interviewed everyone you know it's 472 episodes It's like um, there have been two interviews well there have been more than two but there have been two that i've been sort of kind of disappointed with um one for personal reasons and another because the guy had actually nothing to say after convincing me to come on I'm not going to mention it because oh. I'll probably get in trouble uh <laughs> but the second one I will mention because you know he's a famous blogger and he a famous blogger famous youtuber and he was famous right. for talking about Colombia and he got Colombian citizenship because of his YouTube presence mm. and then left Colombia uh, so I think we all know yes, who he I is think I
2: know the one yes. <laughs> yeah his first um, name begins with a Z. An interesting figure, yeah. Rather yeah. you than me is all I'll say on that and interview.
1: I, I don't think at the end of it, I really understood how he made money. But at the same time, then I knew he was doing OnlyFans for a bit. So there you go. Um, I mean,
2: yeah.
1: How mm-hmm. do him? People yeah. are
2: making a stack out of that.
1: Do we have any other questions, Emily? Are there any other yes. questions out there?
2: I've got a bunch. Of okay. course. Um, I think one. A lot of people are either interested in podcasting as a medium or or are thinking about doing one or have done one. And 10 years is a long time. So I'd yes. love to hear some of your learnings. What have been the biggest lessons from the last decade?
1: Uh, prepare. <laughs> Definitely mm-hmm. prepare. You don't go into this on a wing, uh, yeah. and, or a whim. Um, and it and it shows in a podcast, if you don't know what you're talking about, I'm not expecting one, yeah. you know, the person doesn't need to be an expert in the peace of chords or the you know the host doesn't need to be but he does need to have an idea of what's going on and that's right and uh, 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 you know do have an idea of your of your how you're going to format it and if that means you need to talk to the the guest beforehand then do so uh i mean that's that that's my real one isn't it? and don't cannibalize other things that you're doing uh there are a lot of podcasts here in colombia that just cannibalize like their their nightly news and things like that it's like no do, offer something new
2: do something Mm,
1: mm. find your corner um and that's that's really my my thing is why enter and forgive me for saying it why enter a shit fight uh (laughs) it's it's really what i what i think about in in this situation i've thought about this a fair bit
2: (laughs) i'm I'm sure (laughs) um and in looking back a full decade i think we have to look forward a full decade Hmm. Are we still going to be here in 10 years time? What's well, it going to look like? What are your I, thoughts?
1: I want to say what a band says when they when when they when they've played their own cause.
2: When they're up <laughs> there on
1: stage they say we'll keep coming back if you keep coming back. Love that. <laughs> there you <Love> go. That. <laughs> <laughs>
2: As a final really nice personal question from Mark in Toronto, um really about how we both got here. Uh, When you were both initially contemplating relocating to Colombia, what was holding you back? And how did you overcome that obstacle? I'll let Uh, you go
1: first on that. Nothing was holding me back at all. (laughs) That's the truth. I didn't really have anything holding me anywhere. Uh, (laughs) uh, I, I was always a freelancer. So I was just going wherever I felt I needed to go. The only issue that I had is that I had been very, very sick. And I almost didn't live to the age of 30 because of a double dose. So twice in one year of malaria and hemorrhagic dengue at the same time. Hmm. And so after that, that did kind of, uh, you know, sort of, I say it's called, it kind of blanched my plans. But my, my idea is I, I, I wanted Colombia after so many years in the rest of Latin America. Colombia was, it always seemed like somewhere that I could do stuff. Uh, and so it was nothing holding me back. But, but like I mentioned at the beginning, my father at the time, uh, at the time he was always my father, but at that time was like, don't do politics. And so that was, you know, a reign, mm-hmm. uh, let's say. But beyond that, no. <laughs> uh, yourself, Emily, because I know it's directed at you as well.
2: Yes. Uh, contemplation is a word that has rarely applied to <laughs> how I make decisions about my life. I think when I decided to move here, on a more permanent basis, I'd been living out of a backpack in various countries in this region for more than a year. And when I wasn't doing that, I was in various quite mad warehouse situations in London, um, (laughs) kind of going back and forth. Um, So nothing was really holding me back in that I had no roots anywhere. Mm. Um, And the internship at Columbia Reports seemed to have my name on it at that particular (laughs) moment. Um, And Adrian thankfully agreed. And here we are
1: here we are so how many years five has it later. been now five
2: it's been nearly five four and a half years i've been in Colombia yeah you know,
1: it's a long time
2: <laughs> it's a whole load of time so it's I'm, longer I'm than the i've OG. been anywhere
0: I'm the you are the
2: OG officially <laughs> um but this is the longest i've been anywhere so you know touch wood
1: yeah that's good stuff this has been amazing i mean it, we we should probably wind it down although i think we could banter for hours but i think we should. we probably could wind it and i could
2: quiz you about your favorite guests and various other things for a million years particularly nah. Nah. and we don't <laughs> nah. we don't want to play favorites crucially no. we don't play favorites no. in this house so we, no, won't
1: we don't play favorites. <laughs> i've got two children i know exactly how this is although i have enjoyed <laughs> talking about witchcraft maniasis and Ooh, chess yeah.
2: so there you go chess that was a great episode that was a great one yeah so yeah far. well thank you so much for swapping roles and sitting in the chair richard it's been it's great fun. to have you sharing some of your knowledge. A
1: little bit um, of insider.
2: Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll both be back next week. Indeed. For the 10 years and a bit episode. 10 years and a bit episode <laughs>
1: 473 with ten Ryan three. Murphy O'Neill. And we're just chewing the fat about tourism and Columbia in general. It actually is a love letter to Columbia. So there you go. Oh,
2: fantastic. Uh, yeah, we so, should all be writing them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Emily, <laughs> thank you for your time.
2: Thank you, Richard. We'll talk soon. (laughs)
1: All right. Bye bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks for your questions. Bye. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind the scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own, just complete the form on the Colombia Calling website, that's www.colombiacalling.co, or or the BNB Columbia Tours website. That's www.bnbcolumbia.com. And they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive Colombian adventure. So that's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors.